0: Hola, hola, hola! I am Chris Arnold and welcome boys and girls to episode 28 of the Chris Arnold Travel Podcast. Apologies for the lack of podcast last Sunday. I had been trekking through the Peruvian mountains all week and didn't have time to make one. A poor excuse I know, but I am a poor excuse for a man. Just ask my friends and family. Anyway, more on the Peruvian mountains in the future. However, this episode is all about the wonderful country of Bolivia. Few fun facts about Bolivia before we start... The country was named after Venezuelan political leader Simon Bolivar. There are 37 official languages, and it is one of only two landlocked countries in South America, although this is only since the 1880s when Chile nicked 420 miles of sweet Pacific coastline. Bolivia is still trying to get it back, though, and good luck to them, I say. We all love a beach break. Anyway, on with the podcast. When you cross the border from seaside steel in Chile to Bolivia, the first thing you notice is just how basic the immigration office is. It's literally a shed with a man playing 80s classics off his laptop, barely looking at you and stamping away. Suits me though. It always puts me on edge when the immigration officer looks you up and down and sternly asks, what are you planning to do in my country? I tend to reply with, um, uh, tourist stuff, I think. Then I break down crying for eight minutes. Not today though. Onwards to Bolivia. The plan for the next three days was to drive through the harsh yet beautiful Atacama desert finishing off at Salado Uyuni. The chosen vehicle was a jeep, the chosen driver a nice Bolivian man called Iber and the chosen music was banging Latin rock. The following days were absolute bliss. We'd stop off at beautiful lagoons filled with flamingos, drive past heaps of llamas accessorised with brightly coloured wool and at night time we'd stay with locals in tiny towns with a population of 200 people. The first night we stayed in Quentena Chico. Post-dinner some Bolivian kids treated us to some sort of poem slash song. Very nice, I thought to myself. Could do with a drum and bass beat though. Ah, much better. Onwards we carried through the Bolivia mountain ranch, passing the Salvador Dali desert, La Laguna Verde, and many other beautiful stops. We had now also risen to well above 4,000 meters above sea level, and the altitude hits you hard and fast. I felt dizzy and out of breath after doing the most mildest of exercise. I know I'm not in the best of shape after all those churros, but still, it took a while to get used to. Top tips, drink plenty of water, eat sugary snacks, and suck on some sweet, sweet coca leaves. Our 4x4 journey climaxed at El Sala de Uyuni, the largest salt flat in the world, a stunning 11,000 square kilometers of white salt. It felt great to wander around on this giant condiment provider and reassured me that I wouldn't be running out of chip garnish for quite some time. Following on from our salty adventure, we headed up to Potosi, arriving to a town mid-parade mode. At 4,200 meters above sea level, Potosi is considered the highest city in the world. I hadn't been that high since my second year at university. Am I right? I'm, I'm right, aren't I? Potosi is a quaint town, towering over it is the Cerro Rossi mountain which has been an operational mine since the Spanish rolled into town back in the 15th century. My granddad worked in a Durham mine for two years back in the day and has often stated that it was the worst job he'd ever had. So I was keen to find out what the inside of a working mine was like. A special guide led us up, firstly stopping off at a market to pick up gifts for the miners. Coca leaves, cigarettes, 96% alcohol, dynamite, all great gifts. The mine itself is fairly intense and claustrophobic, but extremely interesting to walk around and learn about the development from Spanish colonial times right through to the modern day. Miners have to work there Ultimately, I felt extremely fortunate to have not been born into a life of mining. It's hard, dark, intense work. The average life expectancy of the Potosi miner is only 55 years, such as the continuous exposure to asbestos dust. And the decrease in value of tin and silver means that they have to work long hours in order to make anything decent. <laughs> After Potosi, we spent some time in Sucre, the constitutional capital city of Bolivia, a lovely town to stroll around, in which all the cathedrals and churches are connected by underground tunnels. Nobody really knows why, but many believe it's so the priests and nuns could meet up for sexy times without anyone knowing. Oh my! Let them have their underground fun, if you ask me. It's certainly better than what some of the other priests in the Catholic community resorted to. Whilst I was there I jumped into a cab out to Cal Orco, also known as the largest dinosaur footprint site in the world. A thoroughly enjoyable and interesting experience, all the more improved by the guy standing next to me playing the Jurassic Park theme tune from his phone. Our final stop in the great Bolivia was La Paz, now the administrative capital of the country since there was a civil war between La Paz and Sucre, in which La Paz won. A breathtakingly stupendous city built on hills and mountains. It's been recently named one of the new Seven Wonders cities. Despite Bolivia being one of the poorest countries in South America, La Paz is home to an extremely advanced cable car system created a few years back to help with the city's traffic and air pollution. I got on board and felt alive as I soared across the millions of people below me, like a pterodactyl looking over the great Jurassic lands of yore. Oh, this is just the greatest piece of music ever written, isn't it? I love it so much. I would marry it if I could. I seriously would. Thanks for listening to episode 28 of the Chris Arnold Travel Podcast, everyone. Next week is all about Bolivia's friendly neighbour to the north, Peru. Anyway, you all take care for now, folks. Bye-bye.